Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s. On KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternatives. And hello to you, Southern California. Welcome to yet another edition of your favorite talk radio show, hopefully, The Astrology Hour on KFOX. And I'm darn glad to be here. I'm real glad my dad is over his angiogram this morning. So, Pop, love and light to you. And thank God he came out all right. So... Life is a gift. The, lo- the what is it? The light of life glows white and bright. <laughs> we must remember that. Today's show is about astrology meditation. This is a first, and what we're going to talk about. We talked about yesterday the relationship between the body and the spirit. Now we're going to try to introduce you, <laughs> those of you bodies out there that don't know the spirit within. We're going to try to introduce you to this highly evolved beacon of light and love what we call the God particle, the higher self, the higher mind, the messianic self, whatever. We are going to try to make an intimate introduction to you. And today, of course, is a show on meditation, on astrological meditation, and how you can plug into this higher part of yourself and the sacred intuition that lies within to hopefully make astrology that much more clearer to you, if it's possible. (laughs) And I'm sure it is, because all things are possible. At the same time, we're going to do the Sabian symbols today, in case you're wondering what that is. If you have not memorized your degrees of rising sign yet, then you should do it. And if you don't know what the degree of rising sign means, you can call me up with your degree. I'll help you find it if you don't know where it is, and I'll give you the essence vibration of what your I am or what your uniqueness point is, or the separation that you have chosen for this lifetime, what that is. And, of course, I can always recommend a good book that goes over each and every one of the 360 degrees in the Zodiac, and that is An Astrological Mandala by Rudyard. And I just came from the Bodhi Tree a couple days ago. They have a nice stock of that book there. They also have a good stock of Astrology for Yourself by two wonderful people, Douglas Block and his lady friend. I keep forgetting the woman's name. I know Doug, but I don't know her name. But they both wrote that book, and it's excellent. And there's plenty of stock there in the Bodhi Tree. Well, there comes a day in most people's lives when they recognize that they're more than what they sense they are. They recognize they're more than what they sense they seem to be in the mirror or when they are looking at themselves or experiencing their bodies or their minds or their senses. They sense to think that there is something much more beyond what they sense. And oftentimes when you do realize that there's more to you than what seems to be just what is there for you about yourself, then it can become really quite exciting. Unfortunately, in many times it's difficult to probe other dimensions of yourself, unless you are in more of a calm state of consciousness, more of a relaxed state, more of a state of clarity, more of a state of centeredness. And that is why meditation has been so popular concerning the New Age movement and psychic and spiritual growth. And for many people that are into astrology, we find that meditation comes in handy also. I myself took up meditation and astrology within 24 hours of each other, and they marry well. (laughs) They make a good marriage. They actually help each other. The astrology helps understand how this universe is constructed, how this dimension is constructed, the charge from the universe that affects all things, and the rhythm or the cycles of this charge, this astrological force. The meditation practices allows us to relax and sort of skirt away from the physical, from the material plane, 
and plug more into what exists in the spiritual realm. Now, yesterday we talked about the relationship between the physical body and the spirit. Today, we're going to try to give you a way to introduce yourself to the spirit, because all of us are bodies and brains and vital organs and skeletons and blood vessels and such, and many of us live our lives like that. The rest of us who care to look beyond into the other levels of multidimensional parts of ourselves are literally blessed with the knowledge and the information that comes through to let you know so much more about what you really are. It reminds me of a philosophy about a tree. When you look at a tree, of course, a tree is magnificent on the surface. But if you had any idea what the root structure was below ground, then you would be awed by it. (laughs) Because usually what is above, there is a duplicate or sometimes even more below to anchor just what is above. And it's the same with human beings. What you sense on the surface physically is just the surface experience. The root of consciousness and of life exists beyond this dimension. And the only way, in my opinion, you can plug into it besides the dream state, which is a very popular way to reach certain levels of the multidimensional self, is, of course, a controlled dream state, which is what meditation is. Meditation is an experience of relaxation, of lowering the brain waves, reducing stress, reducing nervousness, and plugging into a controlled part of your consciousness that will relax in an ultimate level without allowing the being to fall asleep. I hope that's clear. A lot of people, when they do meditate, they stop saying their mantras, and they do get so relaxed that obviously sometimes their body needs rest and they do fall asleep. But you do know if you fall into a nice trance when you meditate, you can actually experience rest that would be good for two or three hours of solid REM sleep in a 20-minute meditation. A lot of people didn't know that, but people that meditate twice a day sometimes don't need as much sleep as the rest of us. The best time to meditate, in my opinion, is at sunrise and sunset. Sunrise before the first meal and sunset before the final meal are good ways to meditate because the body is in a fasting state, the blood is not being used in the stomach to process the food, so it can go right to the brain, and also you're not distracted by the drug of food or drink or alcohol or soda or tea or coffee or anything like that. So you're in a clear state to center yourself, your vehicle is more conscientious, and you're also affected by the solar vibration from the sunrise and then the sunset. Some people will also meditate at moonrise and moonset. (laughs) They are called moon children. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, you know, whatever works best for you, I prefer sunrise, sunset. Of course, if you really get into meditation, some people can meditate anytime, anyplace. But if you are under any kind of supervised fast, whether it's juice or water or whatever, herbal fast, it is often very desired to meditate to relax and calm the system and reduce stress to protect the system under a vulnerable fast state. Now, when it comes to astrology-type meditation, what we are looking for is, number one, we are looking to form a relationship with the higher self, which is where the spirit lies, the spirit of God, the spirit of man, whatever you want to call it, that part of us that we are not readily aware of. It's what I call a super friend, okay? (laughs) And actually, of course, uh, some of you have guides, and your guides dwell where your higher self is, because your guides are best friends with your higher self. (laughs) That's why they're there with it. But actually... What you do, when you do get into a high state of consciousness in a meditation, you actually are in a position to ask questions in your meditation, and oftentimes if you are high enough, then answers or vibrations or sensations will come through to help explain and help you understand your meditation. Now let me give you an example. First of all, let's take the mantra. Everybody should have a mantra 
to get into a controlled state of sleep. And that would mean that you need a word, not an English word. You can use English words, but preferably a non-English word or even a non-word, like a meaningless word that has syllables that basically create vibrations that are meaningless to you that can be developed by the individual. And by using this word repeatedly, it has no meaning to you, really. Then this actually takes your mind off of a lot of the other garbage that's running through it. So you do need focus, and this is a form of self-hypnosis that is obviously used in many forms of meditation, focusing on one word that has non-meaning and therefore allowing your mind to clear, your soul to balance, and your chakras to open. Now, some people use the universal mantra, Ayom Ayah, repeatedly just Ayom Ayah, you know, and you can take any mantra, you could reshape it, you could change the vibration and the syllables, and of course, when you get into the higher self, you'd be surprised what it sounds like. It could sound like Ayom Ayah. The higher self is kind of sometimes really <laughs> different. But anyway, Ayomaya is a real good mantra. A lot of people use Rama, you know, because Rama is supposedly an identification to the God self. Just going Rama or like Rama, Rama, or just any kind of vibration connected with those tones. Some people, if they're good, are enabled to create their own mantra. Now, mantras can come from all over the place. They can come from extraterrestrial sources. They can come from your higher self. They can come from Atlantean sources. They might be an American Indian mantra. There's no telling what your mind would deliver if you try to create your own mantra. You can sit there and consider... I'll give you some examples of self-created mantras. Something like Kalarabunda. Something like that would be an African mantra. Kalarabunda. And of course, mantra is not really meant to be said out loud English. So if you do create your own mantra, this is something you should write down until it's memorized and then toss it off, you know, the piece of paper and keep it sacred. Or like Maktananda was another mantra that can be used. Or something like Suyala, Suyala. Just creating some syllables, some tones that are meaningless. When you get into your meditation, you use a mantra like Suyala, Suyala. That's what your mind does. You close your eyes, you sit lotus or you sit upright, you relax. If you're driving, of course, please don't do this. But you take that mantra. And you don't have to take these particular mantras. You should really be creative and develop your own. But let's be hypothetical and say, Suyala was your mantra. Then you might sit down, you know, in a peaceful environment when there's, of course, not much noise pollution, if you can arrange that. And when you're very calm, sit lotus with palms open, close your eyes, sometimes count down from 20 or from 10 to 0. I like to go 10, relax, 9, relax, 8, relax, real slow in my mind or relax myself. Then when you get to that space where you do feel calm, you go into your mantra and you repeat it over and over for 20 minutes. No matter what happens, no matter what you see, no matter what you think, you keep saying that same mantra. Suyala, 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 suyala. You don't say it out loud. You say it in your head, in your mind. And you repeat it over and over again. And you'll be surprised what some of the results are if you're dedicated. If you make a commitment to yourself to meditate regularly and you do develop a mantra, and it does feel right, and you use it over and over again, you'll be surprised some of the results. Now, some of the reactions you get when you meditate, of course, is you calm your entire body. Some people even come up with needles and pins or numbness <laughs> because they've totally lost touch with the physical, so they're almost numbed out by it. Many people, when they meditate, will go into deep alpha, and a lot of times you know you're in deep alpha because you see waves. <laughs> you can see waves in your head, and they're neat. So you don't get excited. You just stay calm, and you say your mantra. You don't stop. A lot of people, of course, meditation has been known to reduce blood pressure, to reduce stress, and to also calm and center yourself, and to allow yourself to channel stress in many ways. But, of course, 
it can help you make contact to your higher self and perhaps open communication to guides. Another thing I like to do is protect myself with a bauble of light, a snowball of bright, shining, blinding white light around me all the time, but especially when I meditate as a kind of protection. And this white light is the light of love, of God's love that is protection to you. And this kind of is a symbol of your omnipotence, omnipresence, and power over this universe. This is the symbol of you recognizing yourself as the great spirit and putting yourself at the center of this light. So this is one of the more powerful symbolisms and visualizations you should have, which are absolutely necessary. Now, of course, many of you taking up meditation might want to take it up under supervision. And you might want to either take up Transcendental Meditation or buy the TM book, which is a good book, and that might help you. But at the same time, remember, you should read up on meditation and you should follow some basic principles of protection and you should stay away from things like experimenting with meditation or witchcraft or casting spells or visualizing manipulation or controlling other people because that is a karma that will come back to you. You should try to keep meditation gentle, simple, tender, loving, nurturing, pampering. And if you have some bad experiences when you meditate, then you shouldn't do it. But be aware that if you meditate, you may have lots of visions. You might see lots of people in your life. When you're saying your mantra, suyala, 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 you're saying your mantra, your higher self is starting to process your karma and some of the experiences in your life. So you might see visions at the office or visions in your life with relationships or things you've done in your childhood. Little movies play sometimes. And then you know the karma is being absolved because your higher self is putting situations in your life into perspective. Now, one of the important parts, uh, points of today's topic, above and beyond almost anything else, is the fact that this meditation is an astrology meditation. And when you get into a relaxed state or when you get into the wave state of consciousness as you're meditating, sometimes you can change your mantra, alter it, and ask questions. Things like when you feel like you're in a higher state of consciousness, you might beckon the light to come to me light, come unto me light, come into me light, white light. You can meditate on the words white light, white light, bright white light. The light of life shines white and bright. You can meditate on words like I am, I am, I am, I am. I am, I am. You could have remarkable experiences by meditating on things that you create in your mind. You can also meditate on planets. You can reshape a question like, what is a Saturn? What is Mars? What are the houses? You'd be surprised at some of the perspective and information that might flood into your brain when you asked questions like that. Or you can meditate on, I am astrology. I am astrology. Astrologia. Astrologia. What is the astrology? What is the astrology? You can ask all kinds of questions, and with patience, I don't want you to expect this stuff to come flooding through instantly, but many times, once in a while, some people are gifted and granted and reach a state of qualification where they literally can create a very incredible experience. Some people will say it's like a godlike experience, a messianic experience, where you can actually create such a bright white light that if you have no fear, And if you are secure unto yourself, you may create a vision. And in this vision, you might see your higher self. You might actually meet your higher self. You might actually have a confrontation with a guide or elders from beyond this dimension, and at which case, information will be poured into you. So frankly, more than just using questions concerning astrology or planets, I like to use the mantra, come to me, God. Come into me, God. I am, I am. I am God. I am the great spirit or great spirit upon me. In a higher state of consciousness, in a meditative state, in alpha, when you say these things in your mind, 
If you believe that it is possible for you to have this communion, it will occur. So be ready for it. And that's how people learn about metaphysics and God, God philosophies, and that's how people become higher and reach states of high consciousness because they experiment with their meditations. And a lot of people find out different things. Now, of course, I always recommend sober lifestyle because I know the chakras will be more clearer, you'll be more in control with them, and you'll reach higher levels of consciousness at the same time. But the fun thing about meditation is that a lot of things you have read or a lot of things you believe in, metaphysically or astrologically, can be validated in the meditation, either through guides, through the higher self, or through your own perspective. So when you come out of meditation, a lot of times you will have an insight that will allow you to say, wow, it works, it is all true, no wonder, amazing. So you can learn a heck of a lot more in meditation than you ever guessed. And, of course, being an astrology person, being astrologically aware getting in touch with the astrological intuition and the sacred knowledge that does lie in the higher self concerning this universe, concerning your existence, concerning your life force and karma and how things work, it's a good idea to get into astrology and metaphysics by reading up on it, getting your chart done, and familiarizing yourself with some of the things that already lie in the sacred mind, in the higher mind. Like, believe it or not, all of your charts are intact in your own mind. Your own mind's eye embraces the chart that was chosen for this life cycle. So when you get yourself charted astrologically, what you're doing is you're preparing to have a relationship with the higher self because you are studying information that the higher self knows. So sometimes I can be tricky when I get people into astrology because what I'm doing is I'm preparing them for evolution, spiritual evolution, which is what occurs for most people that I get into astrology. Did you know that? A lot of Astrology Hour listeners really get into this. It's fun for them. And when they taste and when they communicate with their higher selves, they get very excited about it. I think everybody should meditate. I think if the whole world meditated, that everyone would get along better. I think meditation should be taught in schools to children when they're two, maybe to some when they're one and a half. I think meditation is a wonderful way to protect yourself from negative entities. It's a wonderful way to balance your health. It's a wonderful way to open your mind, to channel stress, to lower your blood pressure to plug into your higher self, to form a relationship with your spirit. I do think that if all people would learn to meditate, they really wouldn't need Bibles or churches. They wouldn't need preachers or pastors or rabbis because they'd have their own church inside of their own body. They'd be able to have a personal relationship with God, which is what I feel all meditators either have or try to have when they meditate. I think you should never, ever take this topic lightly because a meditation is extremely important for New Age people for New Age thought, and for the New Age that is coming upon us. There's a lot more people meditating today than there ever were. Meditation is a high state of God power. In that state of mind, you could manifest things a lot easier. That's why it's important to be rested, relaxed, and be positive, and visualize good things when you meditate. A lot of you spend a lot of time worrying, being negative, criticizing, watching commercials on TV, giving it a hard time to people you know and love, giving a hard time to yourself, putting yourself down. You should probably take this time you are wasting and meditate. Some of the advanced meditators actually can meditate for an hour. I can go into a trance for an hour, find myself a nice mountaintop or a nice river bed or a lake or go to the ocean or on my boat and sit down and meditate and get into a high state of consciousness that is far beyond anything I could identify as bliss in this life. One time, the first time, I got into a super high state. I remember the feeling 
that I got. I used to be a lonely person before I meditated, and I got into such a high state of consciousness that I felt myself surrounded by this pillowy or billowy softness. It was like I was a big pillow, and I was surrounded by all these millions of love pillows, huge ones. And I never felt so good in my whole life. I never felt so nurtured or pampered. I called that state of consciousness God's palm. Of course, the waves are real obvious. And a lot of people that have a lot of karma and a lot of problems with relationships, career, and individuals as catalysts for their own growth are going to see a lot of television in their mind. Because when you first start meditating and channeling stress, you do see a lot of things. You'll be saying your mantra, Suyala, Suyala, Suyala. And while you're saying Suyala, 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 or Magandara, Magandara, or whatever you develop. You know, you can develop your own mantra, Palalada, Palalada, anything. As long as it's a meaningless word to you that sounds fun, you can even use a tone. In your mind, you can sing a tone that's just repeated. <laughs> Whatever you develop in your mind becomes a mantra and a focus state to get into a center, to stabilize, to relax and calm and allow your higher self to get through. And a lot of times, in order for your higher self to get through, it's got to channel all the garbage in your data banks. So when you meditate and you have all these pictures in your mind, rejoice, <laughs> because what you're doing is you're processing karma. That's what you're doing. When I first took up meditation, I used to see my dad a lot yelling at me, my ex-wife yelling at me, myself at the office being yelled at. When I came out of that meditation, I was numb, but I felt so good, and I felt so evolved. It's such a blissful state. And you can get to that pillowy state, God's palm. One time you might feel like you're surrounded by all this energy, and you'll go, whoa, well, why am I taking life so personal? Careful, because if you get real good, you might have an astral projection where you'll rise right up out of your body and you'll look down and you go, whoa, I did that this morning. My dad was having a test at the hospital and I wasn't able to go there. So I went into a deep meditative trance and I astral projected to where he was and watched part of the technique. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I'd much rather be in this state than in the physical. So I was actually there with him. It was really a heavy. I knew it was a solid astral projection when I had it. But there was a lot of love behind that. And love is what triggers consciousness. Love is the key. So pick up some of these books on meditation. They're at the Bodhi Tree or at the Spectrum and are at the Phoenix or any of your good bookstores, Alexandria 2 and Westwood, and experiment with it. When I got into my vision, I'll tell you what I was meditating on. I was real ambitious. I said my mantra until I got into the Alpha state, and then I went into, come into me, Jesus. Come to me, Christ. And I used that mantra once when I was dying of the flu. <laughs> and, you know, when I was in my biggest pain ever, it's like a magical cloud overwhelmed me and I was fine. After that, I was cured. So I just want you to know that you are all powerful and nothing is beyond the possibilities of this universe. And meditating on that, you know, come to me, Jesus, come into me, Jesus, or I am God, I know I'm God, I am God, I know I am God, things like that could brighten your spirit, brighten your light, reaffirm your connection to the great spirit, and put you right in the center of the universe, like which, which is what the Indians do when they meditate. And be ready to meet your God self and be overwhelmed by it. You come out of that experience and your self-esteem, it changes. You go, well, I guess I'm not half bad if I can do that. You start feeling like a superhero in the comics. So it can be fun, it can be exciting, and you can manifest whatever you believe. Imagination, belief, and will are three powerful concepts. First you visualize it, then you believe it can happen, it's possible. And then you will it to happen. You make it happen. And it's so much fun. You can do anything you want with the power of God. There's a good topic for you. Did you like that? Yeah, Farley, that was good. That's just what we all wanted to hear, Far. <laughs> okay. Well, we try to present to you 
exactly what the overmind wants, right? <laughs> okay, now, remember, don't meditate when you're driving like I do because you might fall asleep like I do. Annie is a Scorpio with Libra rising. Is that right, Annie? Yes, that's right. That was a great subject, too, Farley. Oh, thank you. Do you meditate? I've been starting to lately. But, you know, you talked last week about having so many cardinal planets, and I have four. I have Uranus at 8 Cancer, and it's retrograde, and I have Mars at 9 Capricorn, and uh, Neptune and Libra. And I was just wondering, I wanted maybe a general scan on just general. And an Aries moon, too? No, I have a Pisces moon at, uh, let me see, what is it, 25? 25. Well, let's see, wait a second. Did you say Mars and Aries? No, Mars and Capricorn. Mars and Capricorn at nine. Mm, wow, so you're having a Mars square Mars. <laughs> Did you break up? Are you all alone right now? Yes. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about it? I'm not sure. I think probably it's a good thing. I've been with him for over a year now. Well, I think loneliness is good because it allows us the chance to have the relationship with ourselves. Yeah, that's true. Whenever I break up, if I ever do, you know, or whenever I find myself alone, then I look in the mirror and go, well, Farley, guess it's time to be in love with Farley again. And actually, I think that's what it's for. I think a lot of times relationships are taken from us or we lose them or for some reason they don't work because we're being told by our higher selves to get back with ourselves again. Uh I really do. A lot of times I feel that is always sometimes the main reason. Uh It's like you lose the sort of control of what you really are. And then what you do is you get involved, you get obsessed with other things in your life, whether it's money, power, sex. A lot of people get married. Then the first thing is they're fighting over money all the time. And then your higher self goes, oh, I wonder what happened to the spirit of this relationship. It's gone. Well, the hell with this marriage. Back to the spirit, kid. Then they break up and they're still focusing on money and they wonder why they get miserable. Money, I believe, will come if the spirit is secure. Uh-huh. So whenever people break up, then that's what the lesson is. And that's what your lesson is right now with this Mars transit. So this was a great topic for you. Okay? Okay. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Steve is a Scorpio with Sag rising. Hey, Steven. Hey, how you doing, Farley? You sound like a radio personality. Well, no, I uh, KRAP fired me. <laughs> I've heard of that station before. Really? Yeah. Well, Farley, I was um, I got married on uh, six thirty, and of this year, and my wife and I are you know attempting to start a family, and with that in mind, I just wondered if maybe you could put the old chart there and give me an idea of a you know, general scan. Just what to look forward to and what to avoid, maybe. What degree is your Sag rising, Steve? To tell you the truth, Farley, I, see, I'm blind. I'm totally blind. And I got my, you know, I went ahead and got my chart and everything. And I never really got all the ins and outs and um, mm-hmm. exact degrees of uh, the rising and everything else. Well, you are, with Sag rising, you do have Aries in the fifth house cusp. And you do have Mars in the sky in that house of children for another four months. So you are shown a pregnancy in your chart. In other words, your chart, it does show children, and they do show her getting pregnant, I'd say, by January, February the latest. So I'd probably be active in that area. You appear to be pretty fertile, astrologically speaking. Oh, fabulous. Okay, it looks like it's going to be a little boy. Oh, really? It may be two. <laughs> so good luck, guy. Farley. <laughs> okay, Stephen. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go to Diane on line three now, Virgo Scorpio rising. Hi. Hi, great topic, Farley. Thank you. Great. Just exactly what I need to hear. Can you believe some of the things that come out of the radio, you know? Uh, well, not when I listen to you, I can't. <laughs> I'm fun. glad you're here. Okay, um, today is my birthday. And Have you I'm... been freaking out this week? No, I've been freaking out for about two months. 
with emphasis on this week, though, is yeah. certain things reached ahead, I think, in the past 48 hours, looks like. Yeah, they have. And I'm wondering what's going to in store for me for the next few months. Probably a couple months in New Zealand, I would recommend. Get the hell out of here, right? No, I would think, see, you have Venus in early Libra. You have Mars in late Aries. Mm-hmm. Those are two strong cardinal planets. And with Venus in Cancer, square your Mars. Mars and Aries square your Venus, it's real hard to have balance. So I kind of see you as like a juggler that's trying to juggle too many things and everything's dropping and you're like, oh, you know, you're kind of taking it all personal. And there's been a time when you've been able to juggle, but not now. It seems like whatever you try to balance right now, a lot of things are out of whack. A lot of things need maintaining. It's important you don't take them as personal or get as uh, deeply rooted, involved in it. It's real important for you to retain the spiritual perspective of your own self and try not to let this material world get to you as much. So for work, I should just cool it, right? Well, the good news is that Jupiter will trine your Venus much of the beginning of next year, and it is trying it now. So you are shown money now. With Mars square Venus and with Venus square Mars in the transits, your attitude, even though you might not try to reflect a negative attitude, people can pick up on some of the stress in your life. So you should probably meditate to center yourself especially before job interviews, and try to reflect a real loving, nurturing, positive vibration to people you might try to get a job with. I think you could land a job real soon here. Great. Okay, see you, babe. Okay, thanks, Farley. Bye. Hi, Nancy. Hi there. The Aquarius with Scorpio rising. What a contrast. I know. It's almost unfair, isn't it? (laughs) Talk about extremist, huh? You bet. It's kind of a dirty trick, I think. (laughs) Wait a minute. Yeah, that's the same thing. I'm Leo with Libra rising, Scorpio moon. Ooh. It's more than a dirty trick. It's like a dirty book. No. <laughs> it's sort of like a salute to God's sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, thanks. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was wondering if you could take a look at my September for me. Why? What's going on in September? That's what I'm calling to find out. <laughs> oh, wait a second. You're a double Scorpio? No, uh, I'm an Aquarius with Scorpio rising. Okay, you, your moon's in Sag. Where's your moon? Scorpio, 19 degrees. You have Scorpio moon and Scorpio rising, so you're called a double Scorpio with Aquarius sun. You're a double. Really? I thought it... Oh, I guess I'm a little confused. I thought on my chart... See, when... T- Mishaven was in Leo, and Scorpio is 19 degrees. You're rising? I get uh, Maybe I'm not reading my chart right. At 9 o'clock, 19 degrees. Okay, now, now find your moon on your chart, M-O. Can't see it right now. You don't know where your moon is then, right? Right. I thought, okay, okay. the thing I remember was... Um... If you're, just let me tell you this. If your moon is in Scorpio, mm-hmm. then that means two of your three majors, mm-hmm. sun, moon, and rising, are in the same sign. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have two out of three in the same sign, you're called a double of that oh. sign. It overwhelms your sun sign. Uh-huh. So when the sun sign is different than the rising and the moon, you are a double with that sun. So you would be called double Scorpio with Aquarius Sun oh, if your moon and rising was in Scorpio. That's right, half the problem right there. <laughs> and the moon would be near the rising sign if that was true. Your September actually looks very interesting. There's a Leo transit with Venus going on at that time, so it can be stressful for you if you have fights with yourself and other people, and that stress would start around the 7th. Overall, you are showing some progress and growth especially spiritually and in the creative area. Okay? Great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, you know, it's important to know if you're a double or not. You know, some people are a triple. (laughs) They have sun, moon, and rising in the same sign, and that would make them a triple. And you doubles out there got to know who you are. That's why I help identify you. 
Christina is a double Sagittarius. She has rising and sun in Sag. Where's your moon, Christina? It's in Taurus. Now you're a good student. You get an A today. Oh, thank you. Okay, so what can we do for you? I was wondering if you could just give me a general scan. Yeah, a、oh, general scan. Uh huh. What's good in your life right now? Anything? Oh, nothing. I'm going to school. I'll be starting back to school next week, and I've been working a lot. But other than that, I've been just kind of hanging out. Did you meet somebody wonderful in the last two weeks? No, I haven't. Am I supposed to? Wow, you could have blown it. You could have turned your head a few too many times at some of these cat calls. I think no one was friendly to you at all, huh? No dates or anything.、Mm-mm. Wow, maybe you're working too hard on school. <laughs> I probably missed the boat, right? Yeah, you had a Venus. You, you had a Venus trine Mars, which is a real romantic transit, and you were shown meeting someone very powerful for you. But at the same time, you might be frightened of relationships too. You could have had one too many bad experiences, and sometimes you get sort of tunnel vision away from it. Uh huh. Is that the way you feel? Well, I don't know. Right now, I'm kind of feeling open for one. I probably feel more ready now than I ever have in a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe some of the energy is still there, so you might want to check around and see who's interested in you lately, and maybe you can,、uh, you know, make some headway in that area. Overall, you're showing a good school year, lots of hard work, and you are a hardworking person, as Sages go with Mercury and Venus in Capricorn. You have a chart of a counselor too. Good therapist. That's exactly what I'm studying to be. Then you'll be great. Then I'll be real proud of you. Then, okay? Uh huh. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Let's go to Elizabeth on line seven, a Cancer Sag rising. Hi. Hi, Farley. I really love your topic. In fact,、um, I'm calling with a comment about it. I almost called yesterday with a question relating to meditation, but I was in the car. <laughs> a general question. So I read your mind. You certainly did. This has been bothering me for a while. I just got back into meditating, and I seem to have a problem. Just what you said about astral projecting, especially. I seem to be able to meditate better if I lay down and I astral project. And、um, <laughs> I was just wondering if. You well, when you do、me. that, come on over. <laughs> Say, hey, Far, what's going on, buddy? No, I don't know. It's kind of frustrating. I wanted you to comment on the lotus position. What's the difference in the body? Well, you know,、Expression. different things work for different people. I can't sit lotus unless I'm sitting on a banked hill.、Uh-huh. In other words, I don't like the way my spine sits. If I'm sitting on a banked hill for some reason, there's more support to my back and my legs are down, and then I find it lotus is natural. Or if I'm sitting on a pillow, kind of the edge of my rear end on a pillow, I'm much more comfortable in a chair. Are like reclining in bed with a bunch of pillows behind my back. Well, that's me because I, I can't relax fully if I'm sitting up at all. And but yeah, but the problem is. That when you're reclining, you're more subject to an astral projection, right? Because your body's in a more relaxed state, right? So your higher self says, "Come on, Elizabeth, we're getting out of here." And, it, when, and when, it, but it almost drives me crazy. When Fred Sanford goes, "Elizabeth," and he looks up, he's looking at your astral body up there. <laughs> It's fun, but I wish I could just get into a meditative state more, and I kind of. Well, maybe there's something to be learned with all this astral travel. Maybe your body, your higher self's trying to teach you how to fly. In the astral world, so you can learn how to fly here in the physical. That's true. That's so true. next time you get out there, embrace it because lots of people have trouble with astral projection. Maybe you could write a book on it with your experiences. That's true. Well, also I wanted to comment that it seems to have been coming around a lot more since I went back to being a vegetarian. And, yeah,、uh, that that does seem to trigger everything, it doesn't really it? Really does. And you should get yourself a piece of celestite too. Okay. Get yourself a big piece of celestite that weighs about, I'd say. Maybe one eighth of a pound or a quarter pound,、uh-huh. and then hold that.、Uh, put that on your heart chakra when you meditate. You might have more control then. Okay, because yeah, I've heard you talk about that before. Yeah, I use it on the show, and it 
spaces me out to the day. All the topics are brought to you by Celeste. <laughs> okay, see you later. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. We appreciate your support, and it really does keep the show strong and me happy and you happy, and then everyone's happy. Okay? Uh, and uh, I just want to uh, let my good pal, my friend, and my associate, Uncle Jim Dulcey, give us the ID for KFOX. What do you say, Jim? You are tuned to your talk alternative, 93.5 KFOX, Redondo Beach. That's another edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. Hope you liked it. See you real soon. Weekdays in the Fox at 12 noon. Bye-bye.